So um, it might help if you if you want to to find a Bible. You'll find them under the seats, and um, I'll be looking at John six and a bit from um, Exodus as well. So you can follow some of what I say by um, turning to John six, which is page one o seven o, and. Um, for the adventurous amongst you, we'll be taken to the Old Testament as well for a little bit of the sermon too. The theme, and uh, give us today our daily bread, but um, my key focus is on Jesus, the bread of life. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for the gift of this new day. Lord, I pray that uh, not only would you stir in us a physical hunger for some of the good things in life, some of your many blessings. But we dare to pray for all of us here this morning, uh, wherever we are on our spiritual journeys, that you'd stir within us a, a spiritual hunger and that we might find that need met in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Right. Um, so it's John 6 mainly, um, but uh, we're going to be looking at the Old Testament too. First question, have you ever been tempted to ask God for a sign? Lord, give us a sign. Lord, if you'd only give us a sign, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. If you'd only give me a sign, then, then maybe, maybe I'll believe, but... Um, Give us another sign, and another sign, another sign, another sign. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God for signs. Um, sometimes we just have to check our motivation. But I'd like to suggest that we've given, been given plenty enough signs with what's recorded in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. When you ask for a sign, uh, did God give it to you? Did you recognize it? What was it? Were you convinced? Jesus starts his journey on earth after his baptism. So he's just had a baptism and straight out of baptism, he was 40 days in the desert. And um, it's one of the baptism promises, actually. Do you reject the devil and all rebellion against God? But the devil had tried to tempt him. And one of the temptations was to turn stones into bread. And Jesus wasn't having that. Um, you, not to, man cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then after that, in uh, John's Gospel, there's a whole list of signs. It begins um, with um, John 2, page 1064, uh, water into wine. And a little bit further on, in John 4.52, page 1068, Jesus heals a royal official son who was sick and close to death. The second of the miraculous signs we're told in verse 54. Then, in John 5, verse 6, page 1068, Jesus heals an invalid by the pool of Bethsaida, the man had been incapacitated for 38 years. Do you want to be well? Pick up your mat and walk. I know we've got a few doctors here. Um, I don't know how that works in the doctor's waiting room or in casualty. I think it's sometimes quite a good question. Do you want to be well? Some of us do. Some of us are quite comfortable 
with our infirmities and our limitations. We're defined by it, get meaning out of it. Not everyone, just one or two. John 6, 2, we're told that many were following Jesus because of his miraculous signs and there's the feeding of the 5,000. That's a whole lot of bread and fish. And after this, it obviously attracted quite a big crowd with these signs and these wonders. And he disappears. There's one boat that goes out, doesn't have Jesus on it. They're not quite sure where Jesus is. And there's a miracle only the disciples see where he's in a storm walking on water towards them. But the people are so fascinated by what's going on. They get in a boat and they chase after Jesus. John 6.25. When did You get here, they asked Jesus when they found him. And Jesus says, verse 26, Very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Their needs were deeper than they realised. So two hours. These first observers would need some more convincing. So might some of us. And just as a bit of an aside, I think I'd like to be bold enough to say that, um, that some of us, if we read these Bible passages, maybe they don't mean a lot to us. But if you dared to pray that God opened his truth to you, I'd suggest if you do that, you've got more opportunity for God to speak to you. God can't speak to closed hearts and mind. He can't feed. It's like um, it's very difficult to do things to babies that don't want to have things done to them. It's very hard to feed them, isn't it? If they don't want to be fed. Spiritually speaking, it's absolutely the same with adults. So Jesus can try and feed you and you can spit it right out at him. But if we open our hearts and our minds to our loving Saviour, he promises to feed us, to satisfy. Verse 30, so they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. This interaction takes us on a journey down Israel's memory lane to the story that's so much part of their identity as a people of God. In their wanderings in the wilderness, God had given them bread from heaven as a result of Moses' intercession for them. A few thousand years on... Um, they are saying, Jesus, see if you can match that. Exodus 16, page 74, if you're following in the Bibles. Exodus 16. The manna came as a result of murmurings and grumblings against Moses, but it was really against God. We've been down in the West Country recently. Is anyone here from the West Country? Um, I can't do a West Country accent. But I think you say murmur better than anyone else 
that I can imagine. Okay, because you went so murmurings, murmurings and grumblings. Have you heard it in a West Country accent? I can't do a West Country accent, but it's murmur, 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 murmur. Can you imagine if you were Jesus and, and Moses and getting that sort of murmuring the whole time? I mean, you've got lots of beautiful words that you say, I think, but there's this constant thing that's going on against Moses. In Exodus 16, 2, uh, the whole community was grumbling against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there we sat round pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you've brought us out of this into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Verse 8, Moses tells them that their grumbling was not against him and Aaron, but against the Lord himself. But he answers, verse 4, Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them to see whether they'll follow my instructions. Now, this is an amazing miracle that happened as a result of plenty of grumbling. Although God provided, he was still waiting to see if they could break some of their sinful patterns of behavior and to follow godly instruction. They were collect, to collect only what they needed for the day. And uh, he, he gave them that with the exception of one day, the day before the Sabbath, where they got a double dose. Those who didn't follow God's instructions, and I don't know, and I don't follow God's instructions 100% all the time. I'm probably not the only one here. But they, um, for their... Um, efforts got maggots in their food um, so it wasn't very nice at all they could have been worse the lesson for them was to follow God and his instruction and he would promise to provide them with their daily sustenance their daily bread now we often get tempted some of us to grumble and murmur against God and once or twice against other people when things don't go our way I think it's a fine line. We need to be honest, but also to honour the hand of God that delivers us. To recognise the hand of God that guides us, but not to bite the hand of God that feeds us. All things ultimately come from God out of the overflow of his generosity. So back to John 6. Jesus is addressing a questioning crowd, page 1070. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34, Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Moses was held in the highest esteem by the people of Israel. He'd led them out of Egypt and slavery with signs and wonders. He'd gone up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments for them. Moses had interceded when they were hungry and God had lavished on them manna and quail. Jesus is now effectively saying that he was greater than this Moses. But the vital question for us is how much greater is Jesus 
than Moses. What is Jesus's true identity? In Exodus 3, we read that Moses met with God and asked, Moses said to him, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of our fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Verse 14 of Exodus 3, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Back to John 6. The people of God are asking Jesus for a sign. Jesus is claiming to be so much more than their most highly esteemed Moses. In the first of several I am sayings in John's gospel, Jesus self-identifies as the great I am, a title only associated with God. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The people hungry for a sign to satisfy their natural and sometimes selfish desires were given a sign that they didn't expect. A shocking and seemingly blasphemous sign. Jesus effectively saying, I am the sign. I am the one in whom you'll find your true self. Spiritually hungry people will find food, the food they need, if they put their faith in me, Jesus says. At this point in Jesus' ministry, they are unable to read or comprehend the signs, the water into wine, the healing of the children and others at death's door, the providing bread for the thousands, the walking on water, the calming the storms, the raising the dead, powerful and profound godly teaching. All these signs point to the same truth. To those with eyes to see and ears to hear, Jesus was going to reveal his true identity through his own death and resurrection. He is the great I am, both the bread of life and the resurrection and the life, and so much more. In John 6 and Exodus 16, the people wanted their stomachs filled, their daily needs met. God was pleased to do it. Physical needs matter. But Jesus really wanted them to feed their souls with something more permanent. His eternal life-giving presence. Jesus says to them and to us, I am the bread of life. Believe in me, trust in me, feast on me. Have we got any bread makers in the congregation? One or two? I'm not a very good bread maker. I learned yesterday... I texted Janet, I said, I need to make some, can anyone smell anything in church? Okay. So the hint of something going on, okay. I'm hoping there's a hint spiritually of more going on than just the smell of bread. I'm hoping there's a whiff of the living Lord in our presence. Anyway, my bread making 
is not that great. I was, um, Nigel very kindly dusted off their bread maker and brought it round to our house. And, um, and then I had to round up all the ingredients. And um, our local shop didn't supply all the ingredients. So I went to quite a few different shops yesterday. Um, did anyone do a test on the eight o'clockers as they went out of church today? Because they had some of the bread that I prepared yesterday. Uh, my first um, attempt to make bread... I was told by my son had rather too much yeast in it. So that had to go in the bin and I had to start over again. But it was quite a faff and there was only a few little ingredients to round up. Imagine doing that for 5,000 people. Imagine having to do that on a daily basis. I find it much easier to buy it from a shop. But there's something about bread and our needs, our basic human physical needs and our basic human spiritual needs that Jesus wants to communicate and to feast on. Just to be clear, I am not the bread of life, okay? I never will be and I never want to be, but Jesus is. And I'm just hoping that we open ourselves just to feed a bit um, more deeply on him today. Jesus' identity was a mystery to many of those who observed him. And like, why wouldn't it be? For some, it was an affront to their way of living and being, a real challenge. He was inviting, like John the Baptist, to get people to repent and turn away from stuff and turn towards him. Although they longed for him as a Messiah, a deliverer, a saviour, They were not ready for one like Jesus. Jesus, the bread of life, really? Not this local lad whose family we know, this son of Joseph. Isn't he a carpenter from Nazareth? No, they wanted a more powerful military leader. I just wonder... If the saviour we crave for and ask for is not always the saviour that we need. The saviour that we crave for is not always the one that we need. The ultimate sign Jesus gives is his death and resurrection. It's all too often not understood or not what we're looking for or not what we want to respond to. But the only way to become a Christian requires us to have a revelation of the significance of this historic event, Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, that he is the great I am. And then to address Jesus in humility and faith, much like we've done in the baptism today, asking him to deliver us, to forgive us our sins, and to fill us with his holy and life-giving presence. In John 6, 26, Jesus answers, Very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and ate your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man, Jesus, will give you. Verse 35, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus issues this call to all of us. 
You might be someone who's visiting today in church. And I just want to make a loving appeal to you to dare to open your hearts and minds to the Lord Jesus Christ. If he's a God of love, only good can happen. Following Jesus is a bit tricky at times and we mess up loads and loads and loads. And it doesn't inoculate us from life's worries and troubles, but we've got somewhere to go with that. For those who turn and trust in Jesus, we have this ongoing daily sustenance, this ongoing daily feeding, this ongoing daily assurance that he's with us. God who made us, is what Christians believe, wants to be with us and live within us and sustain us and transform us and guide us and all those other things. Would you turn to Jesus as the bread of life? And for those of us who've already made that choice, it was never intended on a daily basis that we manage on our own one day and manage with Jesus the next, or maybe in a week's time, or maybe in a month's time. The Lord's Prayer teaches us to give us today our daily bread. We're invited on an ongoing basis to be aware of to remember, to encounter, and to be sustained by the living Lord. It's a daily call for all Christians, for God to meet our physical and our spiritual needs. Lord Jesus, we come to you. Lord Jesus, we believe in you. Lord Jesus, give us today our daily bread. Amen.